Cardano Foundation Chief Executive Officer Fred Griegard joining us for a two-part interview next on your Cardano Update. Hello everyone out there, I'm James Kiever with United States of Cardano. Today is Tuesday, November 10th, and today we have a very special guest, the very first Cardano Foundation CEO, and he's agreed to answer our questions as he begins his journey leading the foundation forward. But before we begin, I quickly want to thank the Cardano Foundation and Mr. Grigog for speaking with your Cardano update. And as not to insinuate any preferential treatment, we're conducting this interview today not as an entity sponsored by a stake pool, but rather as myself, a Cardano citizen journalist interested in the future of this amazing protocol and the newly appointed Cardano Foundation CEO. And with that said, calling from Switzerland, the Cardano Foundation's newest chief executive officer and only chief executive officer that I'm aware of, ladies and gentlemen, Fred Griegard. Now, we don't have Hello. a lot of time. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as I was saying, we don't have a lot of time, so let's dig right in. Uh, from your education uh, to your practical experience as a banker, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you want people to know about you as the first chief executive officer of the Cardano Foundation? That's a fantastic question. I haven't really thought a lot about it, right? So uh, for me, it's all about uh, deployment and about getting this fantastic technology out there, which is really going to bring a new standard in technology. And I think this open and inclusiveness is, a, is an important part. Um, so my, my big vision in life or in the last 15 years has been about bringing trust back into banking and capital markets. And um, I'm going to really focus around economic identity, uh, social good and governance as a service. Um, so those are those things I'm really passionate about and burning for, because I think we can do better as a human race and we can do better as financial service providers and bankers. And there's a lot more to have if we fix the local problems. But we need to start thinking about what is the real problems. Mm. And the real problems is about rethinking economic growth. It's about refreshing the technology and innovation as we see it today. Because, you know, some of the technology has brought us some big issues it cannot fix, right? It's about a crisis of institutional legitimacy. Sorry for my butchering of the English words there, right? But it's just a matter of the fact that the, the system we have today has brought us to a certain part. We manufacture trust to a certain level. But from there, we are seeing a trust gap emerging. And part of that is due to all of this emerging technology, which is great, but it's also a change in how we as human beings are behaving and acting. Mm -hmm. We are seeing a big polarization and so on. And all of this trust and the trust equation and all these intermediaries who has been in that equation it, they can't follow the speed with which we are moving right now. And I believe that blockchain paired with the human aspect of that would have a fantastic opportunity to do that. And then maybe last but not least, we, we build a world on legacy systems on top, on top, on top, on top. And I think that's understandable. That's how we act as humans. We have this, you know, about, you know, what worked in the past will work again is how we are hardwired. But computers are changing that hardwiring a bit on us now. And they don't work exactly like we are, even though when we think about neural networks and so on. So I think we sometimes will need to have the courage to step out of the comfort zone and start thinking about if we were building from scratch, if we were building on a whiteboard, on a greenfield, 
how would that actually look like? And I think mm-hmm. the Cardano protocol has been taking that approach and that's what excites me, but it's also going to scare a lot of people when we think about a decentralized critical infrastructure for their business critical life infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So these things I'm super passionate about because it's, 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 it's general problems I see. And I can now as a banker actually be part of, of, of doing something good for humankind by joining this project. And, and that's, so, I'm, I'm super thrilled about And that. so what are your immediate priorities for the foundation? Yeah, so um, it's, it's basically um, in phase one, you can think about it like this, right? So first of all, it's about deployment, decentralization, governance, augmentation, and onboarding. But to get those things right, we need to have the right team, and we need to have the right framework, and we need to be able to to, to scale the value web which within we are operating, right? So I think we have access to a lot of people at arm's length and maybe even at a second arm's length, and we need to be able to use that much more constructively. So for instance, when I saw all the energy which was put into you know, this uh, big telegram group and this you know, uh, roadmap and so on, I, I saw a lot of this is, is amazing, but we need to be able to channel that in the right way so it actually creates the impact. And we have to be better in that. Um, and we have to have to be structured in the right way. The other part is that now we're deploying, right? So IOG is deploying all this awesome technology. So how do we ensure that we can be ahead of the curve, which will not happen, but we will try. Huh? But when we saw that, that Shelly came with 1,300 or 1,500 stake pool mm-hmm. operators, how do we service them? How do we get more banks and brokers and and exchanges on board, right? All the people who's fiddling around with DB Sync today and so on, right? And you know, in a couple of months, we're going to have smart contracts, right? So how do we service 100,000 developers? Huh? So I think there's a, there's a big road ahead around how do we align towards the deployment and the role the foundation has to play and ensuring that we have the right team and the right functionalities, which is not just the foundation, but it's the whole web around the foundation to basically go in and fill those big shoes. You know, it's interesting that you bring up how uh, you plan to serve this very large growing Cardano community, um, because that's what I understand the ambassador program is uh, supposed to kind of do. And we've heard uh, a lot of grumbling uh, about the Cardano uh, ambassador program from both people who are approved ambassadors and those who've applied and been rejected. Now, I understand there's a new manager that was just hired to take on this program, but what can we expect in the short term and long term when it comes to the ambassador program? So uh, the new manager is actually our very own female superhero, Eva Oberholzer, and I'm really impressed about the work she's been doing in her previous jobs with, uh, with the Swiss Stock Exchange, then uh, later with PwC and then with Bank Seba, right? Um, you know, I think you can expect a lot more of ambassador-like programs, but they need to be bigger, bolder, and they need to activate more. And I, I, I would even maybe say, you know, I'm, I'm unsure around the financial aspects of it. So we need to ensure that when we say that we have governance as a service and we are good at, you know, structuring incentives on chain the right way, we need to also be equally good at structuring this off chain. So we need to work really closely with the existing ambassadors, but also the, you know, the new enterprises and regulators and, and, and our community team and Eva Oberhalser around getting more of that. Um, but it probably needs to have a re-ramp at, at 
some stage, maybe earlier than later. Huh? Yeah, well, it'll be exciting to see. Now, you're stepping into a highly visible and challenging position. Given the large decentralized community, the volatile crypto markets, the regulatory uncertainty, and steep competition, are you nervous? I mean, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> uh, well, mostly my kids keep me up at night uh, because I have a, a little daughter and a little son who's five and two. So that's, that's mostly what keeps me up at night. Um, besides that, what keeps me up at night is it's very rare that we actually are, are sitting with the opportunity to really change the world. And I think uh, the Cardano project is one of those who's able to do that, but I think a lot of other projects is able to do that. So I think a lot about how can we step outside all of this mud throwing between the, the, the blockchains? How can we work much more around interoperability? How can, we, how can we really change people's perception? Because it's not about only perception of blockchain, it's the perception about the underlying architecture of what we represent and the possibilities we represent. How can we show them the art of the possible in something who is so intangible as a mathematical uh, ledger system, right? Um, so, so, so that keeps me up at night. Um, it's about, I think the, I'm not sure we have sufficient time to play in. And so it's about, you know, how do we get more speed into that? And a lot about it's not about machines and it's not about business models. It's about humans. It's about the institutional legitimacy, as I spoke about before. It's about trust. Um, what I've seen again and again is that, you know, whenever there is trust between people, between companies, between communities, between businesses, between countries, good things tend to happen. Mm -hmm. When there's not trust, things fall apart. Sure. And I think what we represent and many other projects represent is a, is a new way to embed trust. And I think we need to be much more vocal and we need to find ways where people understand that blockchain is not a is not is not challenging is not changing is not killing business models mm -hmm. it's augmenting and helping and giving them a framework to do things better and well, yes, I wanna... we had problems, right? But but yes, this is where that keeps me up at night, really. Yeah. Those thoughts about those culture changes. We're going to get back to that in just a minute, that point. But um, switching gears a little bit, what does the interaction and coordination look like across the three founding entities of Cardano, the foundation, Emergo, and Input Output? Will there be cross-entity collaboration to draw clear boundaries for scope of work and key priorities? Yes. So actually, um, as you probably know, there was a workshop in London some six months ago where all three entities came together. And I was kind of the orchestrator and, uh, of that, that workshop. And um, I, there were really clear boundary lines uh, you know, thrown. There were some good design principles. And I think seven or eight uh, work streams came out of that. So that's what before I was even considering uh, or having the opportunity of joining the, the project as an insider, not just an, as an outsider. And what I definitely have seen um, on a daily basis is that uh, we are in constant contact with IOG and Imuogo, but I think we can do better in explaining our different roles. And obviously, I cannot, um, I can only speak for my own organization. We are going to work very clearly around what is it we can do, what can we impact, where does it make sense that we deploy and where we go the full mile, 
And but right now in the first phase, I really feel that we need to do everything we can to ensure uh, a positive, good deployment of the Cardano protocol. Um, and that's where we should focus. But as we don't have the same capability sets as maybe IoT or Invoco has, we have to focus on what is the capability set we have and the structure we have. And I'm in really good dialogue, uh, both with Invoco and IoG around uh, how we do that and how we prioritize that. Um, so, and I think there's going to be a lot more also communication around that in the future. Uh, that's at least my plan, because Excellent. people should be really aware of who does what and why, but also challenges and say, hey, maybe we can do a bit more there. Uh, and we can push back and say, oh, we don't have that capability or we don't have the resources to do that. Uh, so there has to be some uh, more transparency and accountability uh, around those topics uh, is what I want to show going forward. We have lots more questions and no more time. Do you mind sticking around for a few more questions we can share in the next show? Yes, go for it. All right. Be sure to tune in to our next show, which will be on Friday this week, as we're scaling back from three episodes a week to two, release days being Tuesday and Fridays. We're doing this for a few reasons. We've got some different content planned, and honestly, I need the weekend, the extra time on the weekends to make that happen. But back to Fred Griegard, CEO of the Cardano Foundation. We'll have the rest of his interview ready for your viewing pleasure Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or GMT minus four. Now, if you need to reach us or engage with us, we're available on any one of these platforms. Telegram, Twitter, email, or the comments below this video. Don't forget to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, consider United States of Cardano, ticker USA01. The next time you want to stake your Cardano and earn guaranteed rewards without worrying if the server's being run properly. Again, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm James Kiever, and that's your Cardano Update.